From Marie Claire Beauty Crew and InStyle, you're listening to Get Lippy, the podcast that lifts the lid on all things beauty. I'm Carly Ullman, editor of beautycrew.com.au. I'm Sally Hunwick, beauty director on Marie Claire. And I'm Bettina Tyrrell, beauty editor on InStyle Australia. Today, we are chatting to hair expert and brand founder, Kevin Murphy, and oh my gosh, does he have some good tips. Great tips. I was doing Donna Karen's and she said, I'm going to show you a trick. She goes, this is what I do. She goes, I got this from Barbra Streisand, so it's very, very validated. I'm going to be explaining the different ways that you can apply your foundation, but first, Sal, you're going to be talking to us about cleansing oils because we got a really interesting question, didn't we? We did. We got a question from one of our listeners, which says... I keep seeing more and more cleansing oils, but I don't understand what they do. Confused. How can it be a cleanser and an oil? Which is a fair question, Yeah, I think. I found them confusing at first. I love cleansing oils. So that's why I bagged to answer this question (laughs) because I've just been using them forever. But they can sound like an oxymoron. Do you know what I mean? Like cleansing oil, like you want to get rid of oil, but But you're using using a cleanser, using an oil. You've got oily skin, you don't want to put more oil Ah, on. It's confusing. So first of all, what is a cleansing oil? Yes, it is an oil. But the benefits of oil is oils attract other oils. So the thing is, when you apply a cleansing oil, it starts off as an oil. It will draw out all your makeup, all your sunscreen, because, of course, you've been wearing it that day, (laughs) and any other excess oils and dirt and grime that are on your skin, it will draw it all out and take it to the surface. Makeup and sunscreens are notoriously hard to shift, but cleansing oils really cut through and really break it down and help you just... Take it, take it away from your skin. Because while a lot of people are using a foam cleanser or a cream cleanser to remove all their makeup and to wash their face, right. it's actually not doing the job. No, because... But an that, oil cleanser does do the job, right? They do. I think if you're going to do a, a especially a two-step cleanse, this is a really great first step. So I apply my cleansing oil to dry skin, which is the best way to do it because the warm water will emulsify it. So you want to mm. spend a couple, a minute at least working it into your skin to loosen up that makeup, to loosen up this, the sunscreens. Then once you feel like you've done your business, <laughs> you then add some warm water or you can jump in the shower and use warm water in the shower to emulsify the, the oil. And the oil will become like a really soft lather. So it's not going to be bubbly, but it will become like a milk. Mm. on your skin and that will just take away any excess and then use a warm damp cloth to remove everything and then you can go on with your second step so I like to do a milk cleanser but if you're the kind of girl who likes a squeaky clean feeling at the end maybe a gel or a foam cleanser might be a good second follow-up cleanse I always thought that the benefit of an oil cleanser was so that you can skip that double cleansing step because a lot of people are just washing their faces at the end of the day with one cleanser. Right. Let's let's face it, that's what happens. Unless you're a good girl and you're doing, you know, you're removing mm-hmm. the makeup, then washing the face. And I thought that the benefit of the oil cleanser was that you can kind of skip that double step because the oil cleanser cleanses the face and removes the makeup and then kind of leaves that beautiful like dewy oil, like that dewy yeah. finish that the oil, oil gives you. That is that they are really good at leaving your skin super nourished and you won't feel at all dry at the end of it, mm. which is one of the real really good benefits of it. I'm just saying if you wanted to if you did want to do double cleanse and take it an extra step. Yeah. yeah. 
then it's a really good way to do the prep work. But by all means, if you're doing a really thorough job and then you're using a face, warm face washer mm. or a, a, you know, a warm face cloth to really get everything, I think that they, they do a really thorough job. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? It's if you're wearing makeup, well, not even if you're, if you're wearing sunscreen, makeup, like you said, waterproof mascara and the like, the best first step for removing your makeup is an oil yes. cleanser or a micellar water. But like, yeah. so... But we're talking you, about oil cleansers. But we're talking about oil cleansers. <laughs> so if you're going to do one cleanse, then yeah. the oil cleanser is your best bet. Is your best bet because that's what's going to work really hard to dislodge all the grime yeah. and oil. I think it depends how much you've got on your skin already. Mm. So I spoke to Paula Burgoyne, who's the founder of Paula's Choice and is known as the cosmetics cop, and she says if you've got like a tr- – truckload on your skin sometimes it takes a village to get rid of your makeup and you know she's very straight talking and she says she does a triple cleanse and she likes the oil cleanser because it does get cut through things so I think it just it kind of depends on how much you've got on your skin to start with some oil cleansers that you've talked about like you kind of put yours on and then like wash it and then use water in the shower to kind of emulsify it there are some out there that you actually don't even need to use water, right? So yeah, like that's true. Zoe Foster-Blake has released her new one for go-to, a cleansing oil. And in a demonstration video I saw, she had applied it and put it into us, put it all over her skin and then just got like a damp cloth. Yeah, you don't have to use. And wiped it all off and then... Heaps of water. That that's was true. It. So just a couple of ones that I love. I love Shuamura's Ultime 8 Sublime Beauty Cleansing Oil. It is not cheap, Mm -mm. but it will last you a long time. And it is damn good. Damn good. Like Like waterproof mascara. It will take off everything. It'll take off everything. And it leaves your skin just beautiful. Juicy. It's got that Japanese magic about it. It's great. I love it. The other one I love is Kiehl's Midnight Botanical Cleansing Oil, which is also a beauty. And that one, it's got my favourite squalane in it and (laughs) also Primrose Oil and Omega-6 Fatty Acids. So that is another one to check out. Amazing. Well, thanks, Sal. And if you guys want to get into cleansing oils, we'll put those links in the show notes for you. Hi, I'm Kevin Murphy and you're listening to Get Lippy. In the magazine world, if you wanted to create a gorgeous beachy hair look on a model, you'd call hairstylist Kevin Murphy. It was his signature. Now Kevin is known for his hugely successful global hair care brand. Kevin Murphy products are good for the environment, good for your hair, and good for the red carpet too. Olivia Coleman's hairstylist used a mix of Kevin Murphy products in her hair for the Golden Globes, and possibly one of the most famous, covetable mops, Steve from Stranger Things' tussled <laughs> 80s quiff is created using Kevin's Knight Rider texture paste. Basically, Kevin's products are well-loved and they're well-loved because they work and they work because the man knows his stuff. I took a lot from our chat, particularly that I should be using a leave-in conditioner and that Barbra Streisand has the best anti-aging trick to fake a facelift. So, Kevin Murphy, welcome to Get Lippy. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me, Get Lippy. So, Kevin, are professional products worth the money? And if so, why? Okay, well, I, of course, would be the one to say yes sort of thing because <laughs> I have a professional range. But I think that when I first started making products, all products were the same. So it didn't matter if you bought your stuff from a hair salon or if you bought it from a pharmacy. There wasn't a great deal of difference. And mm. I think that in the probably like the 
early 90s. What makes a professional product better is because of the active ingredients. Active ingredients are expensive, they cost more, and they do more sort of thing. So what makes a, um, a professional product better is because it's more specific. So you think about professional products, they're targeted at like fixing problems. But if you think about if you're buying your stuff at a pharmacy or a, like a, a supermarket, wherever, mm-hmm. it's always like for all hair types, like, oh, anyone can use it. And I'm like, well, that's not really doing anything. So you really want to make sure you've got a high amount of active ingredients in the product. And that means it costs you a little bit more. So there's professional products are made to um, be high performance products. So they're made to sort of do things. So um, that's why they're a little bit more expensive. So Kevin, when we talk about styling, hair styling, I think it's important mm-hmm. that we, in the same conversation, we have to talk about hair health. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the biggest styling no-no when it comes to your hair health? Uh, I think that people tend to over-moisturise, which is probably the biggest oh. no-no. So everyone seems to, like every girl I've ever met in my entire life, and I've been uh, hairdresser for probably over 40-something years, every girl has got fine hair but a lot of it. Me! <laughs> <laughs> That's me! And everyone thinks that their hair is dry when it isn't sort of thing. So um, the most common problem that people make is that too much moisture can actually make the hair go frizzy. So if you think about Sydney, like mm. Sydney's a pretty frizzy town sort of thing. <laughs> so if you're <laughs> if you're um, using a too much moisture in your in your conditioner or your treatment, it's going to actually um, make the hair frizzy and be more flyaway. So you want to make sure that you're not over moisturising. Same with your skin. You know, like if you've got a really heavy, rich moisturiser, like you know, I'm, I pr- could probably have Lemur sort of thing. But let's say you've got a 14 year old girl and she's using Lemur, she's wondering why she's always shiny all the time. So because mm. she's over moisturising her skin, so the same thing can happen with your hair. Right. So can you just explain what it, when it comes to styling and over-moistured hair? Is it back oh, to that okay. cuticle yep. popping thing? Uh, no, no, that, that would be um, – that, that's water. So the thing of water that's and moisture water, are different right. things. Um, for styling, you want to look for – if you've got fine hair, you want to look for any product that says oil-free because mm. that's really, really important. You don't want to have any oil in your – in your um in your styling product, if I had fine straight hair, staying away from anything that says curl, but I'd be gravitating things to say texture mm, as right. well because texture is a bit more drying sort of thing. And we haven't had the texture products haven't been around for that long, so no. we've had a lot of like products that like over moisturize or like make the hair feel rich when it probably doesn't need to feel rich. Like in Sydney, I'd probably go for something that's sort of more astringent on my hair because I want it to last. Because I know that when I speak to the girls, they're like, oh, was my hair going to be a good hair day in Sydney or not? Like you're really <laughs> apt to the elements. Like I used to work as a hairdresser in Sydney for magazines. And I'd be like, oh my God, I have to stand like one second away because every time the model would walk or do something, hair would go frizzy. So I have to stand away with my irons going, shh, try and keep it all straight. So I really feel for girls in Sydney how they can get to hair hair to stay. But I think that the over-moisturising is probably the biggest common problem Mm -hmm. and that's just too much conditioner, too many treatments and maybe look for something that's astringent on your hair or something with like less oil or no oil or oil-free. So as beauty editors, Carly and I are extremely lucky that we can try – we've got so many hair products Mm -hmm. all at at our disposal. So a lot of people out there listening won't have that opportunity to have so many – um, hair products. Yep. What would you say are the three styling products that everyone should have in their kit? Okay. So um, number one would be a volumizer or setting lotion. So a lot of times the a volumizing spray is a really good thing to have, whether you've got flat hair or thin hair uh, or whether it's thick. The, the, the actual chemical cons- 
construction of that allows you to either make the hair go straight or curly because it's what's known as a short chain polymer and short chain polymers things that can go around corners a long chain polymer is like a hairspray or something that is you know can move the hair when it's long but a short chain polymer is something that can drastically change the characteristic of the hair so setting lotion lightweight gel or a, like a volumizing lotion that would be number one mm-hmm. uh, number two would be a this is not styling but I would say leave-in conditioner for absolutely everybody really purely because a leave-in conditioner is um because your hair can't absorb like your skin can absorb like you can put moisturizer on your skin soaks in put moisturizer on your hair hangs around there on the outside for ages. So your hair can't absorb. So what you need to do is you want to have something that's going to close the cuticle down. So you want to have something that is lightweight if you've got fine hair or thicker if you've got coarse hair. But a leave-in conditioner is going to close that cuticle down and stop your hair from losing any more moisture. Uh, And when your hair... If your hair's opening and closing and losing moisture, the style breaks down. So it's, it gives you a good base. It's like a primer sort of for skin. Right. And yeah. would you um, suggest shampooing and conditioning in the shower and then on top of then On top of on that, top of that yeah. you do the leave Yeah, just a light one sort of thing. If you've got fine hair with no colour, just a light one would be good. But if you've got thicker or coarser hair, because what's good for you is not good for you sort of thing. And what's good for me is not good for, for the girl behind us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like we're all quite different. So you've got to find the one that's right for you you sort of thing so but if you've got fine hair you want to go for something as lightweight as possible um, something with more protein uh, and if you've got thicker hair you want to go for something with more moisture great love that tip okay i'm stocking up on leave-in conditioning condition. it is the best thing you can do so sort i of think it's the best thing for your hair because your hair tends to only lose moisture Mm-hmm. So if you want to get a good style, you want it to maintain the style or the integrity, you want to make sure that it's like a primer for your skin sort of thing. You put covering up all the holes first and then you put <laughs> stuff over the top. Right. And number three? <laughs> number three would be hairspray. That's my favourite. I think you can't oh, live you feel without hairspray. <laughs> there was a hairstylist I knew who I was said, doing it said no to hairspray. And she's like, oh, God, I'm addicted. I, 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 I can't live without hairspray. I use it every single day. Like every photo shoot I do, it's the thing that makes the hair great is hairspray. There you go. There we go. I thought I was doing the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you have so many amazing hairstyling tips, but I want to know if there are any from back in the day in your early years, if there were any amazing hairstyling tips that you've learned that you still have. I have got one amazing one Mm -hmm. and that came from Barbara Streisand (gasps) via Donna Karen. So it's very (laughs) validated. And it's it's the facelift sort of thing. So you take a little piece of hair Take my glasses off. You <laughs> girls will all be able to do it. So you want to do is you want to section off so corner of the eyebrow, yeah. section that all the way to the back, lift that section up, yeah. and then you want to take a piece of hair that's normally like here or there. So like and right you want to at braid the braid. Get right at the eyebrow. You can find the bit that makes your eyebrow go up. Yeah. And you want to braid those. Put an elastic at the back and get a bobby pin and then twist until you get the desired oh result. God, and facelift. it's an instant facelift for a day sort of thing. And it looks amazing. And oh, it works on everybody. my God. So that is the <laughs> ultimate hair tip. That's not really a... A tip as such, but if you want to, um, it's a good anti-aging if you want to, tip. Go, if you've got like a revenge date sort of thing, you're going to your, <laughs> let's, let's say you're going to your ex-husband's new wedding and you want to look amazing, you'll get a headache by the end of the day, but you will look fantastic <laughs> and you're expressionless as well, which is even better. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did Barbara Streisand actually use Barbara, to do this? That's, she does that sort of thing. And she said, um, I was doing Donna Karen's and she said, I'm going to show you a trick. She goes, this is what I do. She goes, I got this from Barbara Streisand. So it's very, very validated. I'm like, okay, if Barbara Streisand does that trick, you know, she's the queen of stuff. 
um, then I'm definitely doing it too. So I got that from Donna Karen and she taught me how to do it. She said, just keep turning until you get the desired result sort of thing. And it really elongates the eye as well. And you find that a lot of makeup artists will use it. It's like those tapes sort of thing, but the tapes, you can't really wear the tapes in real life because yeah, yeah. you've got tape it. on your head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a good way for that revenge date sort of thing. Right. So yeah. just so to you try can and find explain it. over the audio. So it's just the hairs at the very front of your hairline in line, like in line with the edge of your brow. Yeah, corner of the eyebrow is normally the one and you'll find it, you can see in the mirror and, you and you'll find that bit of hair and that pulls that bit of skin and so you section off half the top of your head, flip the top of your head up and then pull those braids to the back of the head and then attach a safety pin and turn the safety pin either clockwise or anti-clockwise until you get the desired result. Right, so you're braiding... So you've, once you've flipped that section up and over, you're braiding what's at the hairline underneath, yes, yeah, like underneath. in a half ponytail. Yeah, like in a half ponytail. And the braids are separate, and then you flop the hair over the top down again. So right. then when you get it down, so it's you've hidden. got this, it's hidden completely. And you just look amazing all day long. That's so it. That is a one. bloody good tip. It's a good one. It's yeah. lasted, but it's kept me going for 20 years, that tip. <laughs> <laughs> it's been your bread and butter. <laughs> no, it's been uh, like for when I've had to do like, you know, like friends' weddings and, oh. and I've said to the girls, now go on, you know, go and get a little touch up. And they're like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Okay, well, I'll work out something to do on the day. And so I'll just help them <laughs> do it sort of thing. And everybody seems to love it sort of thing. Once they know how to do it, they're addicted to it. That's amazing. That is a yeah. fascination. I love it. It's a good that. one. That's a good one. So, Kevin, we ask all of our guests this last mm. question. What's the one thing you get lippy about? So what is your one big beauty message you'd like our listeners to take home? I mean, I think that um, trimming the long hair is like a really tough thing for girls to get over because um, a lot of girls, like, they would, they'd always come in and they go, yeah, cut everything off of on the top but only take this much off the end sort of thing. And then they'd end up with, like, three strands at oh. the back. And I'm like, well, baby, you've only got three strands there. You need to sort of, like, you know, thicken it up a little bit. And I think it's the, um, the fear of getting a haircut as well because mm, right. people like it you have to nurture people through it um like i've had to be like a um you got to work out if you're getting your hair cut because you um you've either put on too much weight you've broken up with your boyfriend or you're getting a new job or you're pregnant and we'll think about all the reasons to sort of cut your hair off and if it's that right reason then you can sort of go with it but i think that i find that girls probably should go to the hairdresser more and do a few more things sort of thing that be a bit more adventurous and the other thing, the other thing that we, is most important is that we want to make sure that we only use products that use ocean waste plastic. So we've had a, like a, um, an incentive that we're trying to make all of our products made out of 100% ocean waste plastic. That's amazing. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And you guys, right. if you want to hear some more of um, Kevin's tips, because it's amazing. He's actually got his own podcast. Yes. Conversations with Kevin. It's called Conversations with Kevin. So um, you can find it on uh, iTunes or like if you want to go to the Instagram, you just go to kevin.murphy and you can find it on the Instagram. There's a link in the bio. I just wanted to take a few minutes to talk about foundation application because it's different for everyone, right? Because I am a brush girl through and through. Well, actually not, not through and through, brush and sponge girl. But I know people who are, swear by their fingers would not do anything different. Yeah, I have no time for a sponge. I use fingers too. Oh, okay, so I'm the only high maintenance one. <laughs> I use a sponge, but gen like eighty percent fingers. I, yeah, that just sounds I don't know dirty, but like <laughs> no, that's fair. No, it's fair because everyone uses something different, and I just 
there's no right or wrong answer. I just wanted to take the time to talk through why you choose one of the uh, over the other, how to apply, Let's and all the, the rest. Let's take the time, shall we? So yes, the three options are usually fingers, brush, sponge. Have I forgotten some mystical category to apply foundation? <laughs> Don't uh, think so. No, no I think that's it. Okay, great. One, two, three. <laughs> okay, good. I did think about that for a second. But what about you could do a mechanical brush? That's still a brush. That's still a brush. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. It really comes down to personal preference of, you know, what you could be bothered to do, use, the level of coverage you're looking for, the type of product you're using, um, and the type of finish that you want. So fingers, you you use your fingers for a liquid foundation. You could not use your fingers for a powder. That's just a mess. And that would be funny. <laughs> try it, guys. Let us know how that goes. <laughs> um, and usually you'd use your fingers if you want more of that natural skin finish, like right. you, your foundation looks just like your skin and your best bet is to use like the pads of your fingers is that what you'd call them I'd the say tips. so yeah yeah. Tips. yeah to press yeah. to press the foundation in because that's going to really like infuse it in there so that you get that skin and your finish. fingers are a bit warm there as well yeah. yeah exactly so it kind of melts into your your skin a bit nicer it looks more natural uh, you're less likely to get that like mask like finish um, now obviously that's a bit messy that's why I don't like to use my fingers because <laughs> I just know that I'm going to get foundation everywhere on my walls, on my doors. Cut, what? Back, what? cut back to <laughs> how Carly gets foundation out of her shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, skip back a few episodes. The dishwashing detergent still works. So that's kind of what most people use their fingers. It's a pretty fail-safe thing. But now what about a sponge? So sponges have come in like pretty big the past few years before. Remember they were those like naff. The little triangles, yeah. like things that it was just. They just soak up all of your foundation yeah. Yeah. and then put nothing on your face. Yeah. So now <laughs> these days they're much better than that. Yeah, they are. Um, and they're also, again, good for liquid foundations. And like the fingers, you'd, you'd wet a sponge typically, squeeze out the moisture and press the foundation into your skin so it kind of, like with your fingers, like infuses in there and gives a skin finish. Sponges I love. I'm not going to ask you guys which ones you love because you just use your fingers. Beauty blender. You can't go past oh, yeah, it. There's a, there's a reason. Who, there's who a reason, doesn't own a beauty blender? A, yeah. There's a reason it's that good. Also, the Fenty. The Fenty sponge is up there. Yeah, that's very good. It's really good. It's, real it's got good like, contoured size. Yeah. yeah, it's just a really functional sponge, which is something I never thought I'd be talking about, but I guess that's adulthood, hey? Um, <laughs> and then for a more budget-friendly option, there's the Real Techniques Miracle Complexion Sponge, and that's $17 from Priceline. So that's where you'd go for a sponge. I think it gets confusing when you talk about brushes because mm. there are so many kinds of brushes out there. So brushes, you can go your liquid and this is what you'd use to apply your powder if you prefer a mineral foundation or a powder finish. Now, if you think of a foundation brush, the old school one is that flat paintbrush. Mm. Yes. Those are kind of a bit passe these days. Yeah, no one really yeah, uses that. that. And that's because the flat surface didn't really make for good create buffing. streaks as well yeah it was kind of you're just kind of putting the then foundation you on your, your fingers skin anyway you, yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. these days and a lot of i've noticed more and more makeup artists are using almost like powder brushes yes to, like the fluffy brush exactly and so you can pick your kind of brush depending on the coverage that you want because the looser the brush the less kind of product that you're putting on and the denser the brush the more that can really like buff it in so think of this this way if you like light to medium coverage you can use a loose powder brush or a stippling brush mm -hmm. um, and a denser brush 
will give you more coverage because you can really yeah. like yeah. buff it in. So some of the brushes that I like, you know, Mac's got the 187 brush, which is $85. It's not exactly cheap, but I mean, if you use your brush to apply foundation every day, that's worth it. Yeah, it's it worth you have to invest in a brush because they last a long time. Yeah. Exactly. I think Fenty have some good ones as well in terms of brushes. Yeah, the the, the tools from Fenty are really they really are good. as excellent and as pretty. the foundations. Oh, it's such so a nice pretty. range, isn't it? Now, my personal favorite brushes. I like um, medium coverage. So the brushes that I like to use, um, Ray Morris has. It's called the Radiance brush, and yes, it's one hundred and sixty dollars, and it's the most expensive thing that I own in my beauty kit, like my makeup kit. But it is hands down, the one that I think is most worth the spend. And if you look after it, like if you wash it regularly, put it out in the sun to let like the bacteria dissolve, yeah. then it will last you. Yeah, And exactly. they're beautifully crafted. They're handcrafted in yeah, Japan. She, they're beautiful. Like calligraphy. Like, like yeah. she went the whole nine to make that those brushes. So they yeah, are they're worth, worth the money. 100% vouch for that. The other one that I like is the It Cosmetics um, brush. Yep, it's definitely. got the, the mm-hmm. dome brush on the one side and a concealer brush on the other. And I really like those to just like buff in my foundation. So like circular motions. Um, and then if I need more coverage, I just kind of build on that. So that's just kind of a very general snapshot of like why you'd pick one over the other. It all, you know, sponges, fingers will kind of give you more of that skin finish, but a powder brush um, can give you also that lived in look because it's buffing it in but it might be a bit more of a high glamour finish than maybe a sponge or your fingers would give, if that makes sense. I always like the idea of the fluffy brush using a foundation because fluffy brushes traditionally were used for powders. Yeah. And now the makeup artists, and these are the makeup artists who really want that beautiful radiance, natural, and they're really just lightly kissing the skin with Mm. the... Yeah, that's a really good... With the bristle, the the ends of those fluffy brushes. I think it's really good one to try I love seeing um I've been seeing this a lot lately um people applying foundation with their brushes but then so do all their face and then like pressing their hands like their whole hands all over their face to like push it in to really like melt that finish right into the skin so it's again stops it gives you that full coverage that you get from a brush but stops it from looking painted on and yes. I think that's a really great technique I think yeah, the, make, really the makeup artists do that a lot they yeah. in the end they they do tend to use the fingers hands. They and do. hands and they like, do. you just can't the, beat the, the that warmth. beautiful warmth yeah and another thing when you talk technique I find that if you start your application in the center of your face like yes. you dab the bulk of your foundation in the center and blend it outwards you're going to avoid getting that like line across your jaw and chin and I take it down my neck a bit too. Mm. Um, and I chop and change, like I'll use the same foundation but change the application technique depending on what I feel like for that day. So, yeah. Yeah. for example, um, I've been using uh, Revlon's new Candid Glow. Um, it's a really nice like medium coverage foundation and when I want days that it's a bit lighter, I'll use my sponge. And then days when I kind of go to meetings, going to events, I've used my Ray Morris brush to buff it in and kind of layer as needed. So... You don't necessarily need a different foundation for different coverage. You can kind of play up with your application technique. Definitely. Like I like to – this is a great tip that I picked up from Rosie Huntington-Whiteley's makeup artist. She 
Nikki DeRost, she puts foundation on using her fingers onto her face and kind of, you know, maps it out all over, like pretty much applies like it. rubs it. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much like oh. taps it in or applies it to her face as she would normally with her hands, then gets the brush and kind of buffs, buffs it, it in. in. Yeah, I do then that you're not a bit. losing so much foundation to the brush. Exactly. And you're also kind of getting a bit of that mix of that kind of a nice even finish all over mm. from the brush but also you from, know, the fingers. from the fingers, the warmth. Anyway, guys, that's my short take on how to choose how to apply your foundation. I'll put all those brushes um, that I spoke about in the show notes for you. We'll put all of the things in the show notes for you. We don't want you to miss a beat. Um, and because we don't want you to miss a beat, make sure you subscribe so you know when any of our bonus episodes are going up. And you never know when we're going to drop one. You never know. Email us, getlippy at beautycrew.com.au. And, of course, our Facebook group, Get Lippy Podcast. Come hang out with us. Um, also, if you're on Instagram, tag us. Tag us. I'm at Carly Orman. I'm at Sally Hunwick. And I'm at Bettina Tyrrell. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.